Hey, and welcome to another edition of the Rugby Report Card. Uh, exciting podcast, this one. A review of the, the first few games of the Rugby World Cup. Uh, with me, as always, to bask in the glory of uh, England and Australia winning is Blake. How are you, mate? Mate, celebrations all around. All the fellas will be happy and excited this week. I'm good, mate. Yourself? Well, not everyone. Nabibia um, did lose 52-8. So Jim, I think, is a bit down. But uh, we'll throw to him anyway. How are you, Jim? What a statement by Ireland. What a statement. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they didn't go for a book arrest, did they, this week after scoring 82 points? They did uh, not. Uh, let's jump straight in it, boys. How are you feeling after the, the Georgia game? Obviously winning by 20. Uh, very clinical performance. Um, lots of positives. Um, what are your thoughts, Jim? Um, look, great. You've caught me off guard here, mate. I'm sorry about that. I was just replying to it. <laughs> Can we start again? Start again. So my dad's texting me. No, we're on. So tell Paul we said hello and let's push on. All right, let's throw to Blake. Blake, how, <laughs> what did you think of the first game, mate? So uh, for Australia, winning by 20. As I said, lots of, uh, lots of, lots of positives. Obviously, first win under the Eddie Jones um, reign. Very clinical. Uh, what did you think overall? Mate, plenty. I'm not going to come in here and moan about the first Wallaby win of the season. Um, late in September, but um, really, really exciting. Lots of pleasing things to come out of it. You win by 20. Um, you've got to see there's a positive. It's nice to see the Wallabies winning. Um, very happy, very excited. Bring on the rest of the tournament. Obviously, the caveat's going to come throughout the rest of the podcast. Um, you know, there were, there were some areas. It's only Georgia. Let's calm down. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. But plenty to be excited about. Um, the positives for me is our fucking pack is enormous. This whole lead up to the World Cup has just been smashing high calorie protein shakes. The whole team looks like they put on five kilos and somehow look fitter as well. They look absolutely gigantic. Um, and I don't know if Eddie's just trying to prove a point. We're leaving Tupo out there for 70 minutes, we're leaving Skelton out there for the whole game that these boys can can play. Everyone, Parecki looks bigger. Bell looks bigger. Dupo looks enormous. Skelton looks enormous. Um, I think that that pack, his plan is clearly to, to scare other teams. And this is what I've hoped for for years. We, You know, under the running era, it was Slipper and Alala Toa. Um, but Eddie's just picked a fucking monster pack. And it actually speaks for our team. It's a team, and we've said this before, it's a team of athletes not necessarily rugby players because they don't have the games under their belt. So hopefully once they start to build as a team, there'll be even more positives there. But the pack and the size of it and what they did to Georgia really excited me. Um, I like the pack. That was my big takeaway. <laughs> Do you know what? There was a, there was a sense of pack mentality. Uh, you're right in terms of it was great to see Skelton play 68 minutes and, and Tupo play 70 minutes. Uh, if I'm honest, uh, in regards to, to Tupo, I still think, yes, he's strong. He's a beast, absolutely. But I still think he needs he needs game time because he just he's big, yes, but I think he, he he's not as dynamic as what he is in the past because he's just come off his injury. Uh, but that comes with game time, as I say. And, and Did you because... catch the 50-metre break and offload? Set Rich? up a try, Richard. You must have slept through that. To be fair, if you think that's 50 metres, then it's definitely not. And the, the it's throw, a prop, mate. It's 70. Apparently, he's <laughs> the quickest in the team over 20. Awesome. Um, but you know what? There's, there's, a, there's a lot of 
positives to talk about because whatever have happened in this game, Australia are on a hiding to nothing because if they'd have won by the lot, everyone said, well, you're supposed to. If you lose, well, you're not. But I actually think they played really well. There was a lot of positives from it. it made The kicking game at time was uh, turned George around. Um, they got over the ball well. They competed. Um, and I think if you don't focus on those those positives, then you'll go go crazy because, yeah, the competition will get harder, but you've got to beat what's in front of you. So kudos. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to beat what's in front of you. But uh, look, I don't know about the, – the pack was great, but I know there's been a lot of chat about the Georgian scrum and the Georgian forwards, but, mate, they had the last known caveman on earth <laughs> playing at number two. And Nathan uh, Sharp playing at four. And Nathan Sharp playing at four. I did. I didn't see what everyone else has been telling me on that field for Georgia. I then. think that's just old school lazy analysis, isn't it? Ten years ago, their scrum was all right, so we're all running with it. Oh, I think they challenged Wales. So what would they put it down to? Like Wales, they don't expansive at all, so it's got to be a forward win. Um, maybe it was put down to that. But look, I, I didn't see much from Georgia. Their tries were, you know. Opportunistic and down to our lazy D. Um, but <clears throat> Ben Donaldson at 15 really impressed me from his positioning to his kicking game um, to his involvement. He was a very, very busy 15. It was hard not to say his name out if you were commentating. Um, but outside of him, we're still sort of seeing, you know, these these good performances like Karevi. He must be playing with some injury and he played a half. But even him, you know, it's just like he, it's very, very predictable what type of role that he's going to play in that team. When Fichetti came on, didn't really add too much. Look, we could go through the plays, but to be honest with you, with, with the known calibre of teams that are in this comp, um, I didn't Did you see think, enough? I didn't, I didn't see enough, but I don't want to shit on the first Wallaby win of the season. They did great. The, the preview leading into it was a bit shit, but... um. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll wait and see. Do you know what a couple yeah. of things um, I just want to build on uh, before we talk on areas that we could actually improve on? I think I'd like to mention two other players because you've talked about the pack. Uh, but I think um, uh, Mark, Marky Mark continues to play well in a, in a Wallaby in Wallaby shirt. He, He's uh, got to be up for a John Eels. Well, he goes and finds work. He, he Even his kicking that 50-22, uh, you know, that obviously set up the, the Pattaya try eventually in the corner off the line out. Um, he continues to 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 improve and, and and that he's just more than a finisher. I think when he first came out, he was a finisher, but he does a lot more than that now. And I think some of the concerns were kicking him behind him was going to be an issue, but I think he eradicated some of those. Yeah, the better teams will obviously put more pressure on him, but I thought, thought he did very well. And the other one I want to bring mention to, and look, it's a horrible situation that obviously Tate McDermott obviously got knocked out, you know, obviously got his head in the wrong place when tackling, but... I thought the speed of delivery when uh, Nick White came on, maybe it was because of the game progressed and tired bodies and what have you, but uh, I thought Nick White made a difference. And um, uh, and I know he may not be the long-term future, but I think he did. He also played well for the... Interesting. Because I marky Mark, no one need to ask, I couldn't agree more. Um, he, but he will end this World Cup in the conversation of, you know, the Pantheon of wingers you might select in a World 15, I reckon. That, that's Crazy. how high I Get am. Get out of here. The old shut At the up. end of the World Cup. Um, I just think he, he just he wins his 50-50s in the air, which is World Cup rugby. It's Georgia, um, mate. No, no, but he's done it all season. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's done it. one bloke who wins the high ball all season, and I think he'll continue to do it throughout the World Cup, and that's what you need. And the Wallabies haven't had that since 
Voldemort for our left, someone who just wins the high ball. Uh, and Orlando Tawasi does that. He looks for work. He defended well. I'm, I agree with you, Richard. He was brilliant. I actually think for me, I think the complete opposite about Nick White. Um, and, I, and I think um, we looked really good for 30 minutes and then Tate McDermott went off the field and all of a sudden we started playing out of nine, not out of ten, mm. and we lost all patterns. It was one out shit from Nick True. White off his pass and it was box kicking. Um, with with not a great kick chase. I thought we were dynamic for 30 minutes. Nick White came on. The whole thing fell apart. And I don't blame Nick White. His style of rugby is different to Tate McDermott's. And I actually think you could have Tate on the bench replacing Nick White, bringing that speed and passing game, but you can't have Nick White coming off the bench. It's, It's just too different a style. So I thought as soon as White came on the field, we were pretty shit. It I just got it, it mate. There's just no way. I'm gonna, there's no way that the coach lets the nine dictate the style of play. The game plan they train all week changes or Nick White just refuses to abide by it. It doesn't matter who nine is. The only difference that you get is the impulse of when to kick and when to pass. That falls on the nine as the individual. And Carter Gordon was guilty of it too. They kicked, they kicked a fair amount of times where they should have passed. But when you're talking about team strategy and style changing because you've got the nine changing, there's just no way at a professional athlete level in a World Cup that that actually happens. Go back and watch it. Tate's on, there's more than one pass every time. There's tip-ons for days, the second man plays, there's pods set up. Nick White comes on, it's one out forward runners, box kicks. I, I think the, whole, the whole attack The whole attack was that way. The whole attack was very underwhelming. Both the tries were just quite yeah, opportunistic themselves. It wasn't for the first half an hour. I yeah, but for the last really 20 good. minutes, it's it's just completely different. You can't compare yeah, the first that, half. That middle, that middle 20 there. I Particularly when you're winning by 20 points. I don't know. I think I think it went to shit. We lost all our patterns, um, and I think Nick White is a very different halfback to Tate McDermott. Absolutely. And if Tate's fit, I wouldn't be surprised if Nick White isn't on the bench come the business well, end of the tournament. Well, Nick White went down. Isaac starting next game. Did White go down? Yeah, he went down for a little bit. Some hip thing. He's fine. The um, thing is, though, um, weird we, leg running style he does. Mm, just constantly just got off a horse. Yeah. That's exactly. very apt. Very apt. Um, the, the thing is, we've talked about this this before in regards to the, the change of styles. I feel like we've had this yarn a, a while ago saying that they played two different styles. And I, we even said that it would make more sense to have Jake Gordon on the bench for when it was Tate McDermott. Well, we had this conversation six months He's ago. He's not on tour, Rich. No, I know. That's why I said six months ago. But the thing is, it's, ah. if, if you're going to play that, that style of, of putting Tate in first. I agree with you to a point, to Blake, that the fact is that you need someone else who's going to match his style coming off. Uh, but it didn't work the other way around. Uh, when we had uh, Nick White starting and then um, Tate uh, using the, the the more open game and trying to nick around the corner and what have you. So, um, Yeah, look, t- take it as you like. But I just think Nick yeah. White came on the field. We lost our shape. Yeah. Um, and we started playing like athletes, not like a team. Just um, a, and it was one-out stuff. It was just big ball carriers. Yeah. Just a question, though, about, about like, set-piece. And uh, I want to talk about, like, the fourth set-piece, you know, in terms of restarts, restarts and kickoffs, restarts all over the pitch. Uh, what do you think about that? You know, scrum, line-up, 
uh, restarts from receiving the ball and also kicking off? What What are your thought about how well Australia? I'll, 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 I'll jump on line out, um, and I think Tom Hooper's a, a revelation. He's basically fixed our line out in terms of compensating for Skelton. We've got options for days now. Mm-hmm. Um, our line out looks good. Parecki's a sturdy hooker. We haven't had that in a very long time. Um, our line out was. You fucking lose three lineouts in a row to Georgia, four out of five in the last 20 minutes. Against any other top 10 nation in the world, you probably lose the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I blame Eddie Jones for that. And and obviously, Frost was injured, but we didn't put a second rower on the bench. Mm. So when we lost all our lineouts, our second rowers were Skelton, who can't jump, and Rob Leota, mm. who's a number six slash number eight, who barely jumps. Mm. Um, you effectively had one guy to throw it to. Who's the captain? Did you see he was the captain when Skelton went off? Well, it's normally Tate, but he was off. Yeah, Robbie so Otar was the second. That's that seemed absurd to me. Did it? That is wild. Um, but we, we just simply had no second rowers on the field. Mm. So if this is the makeup of a twenty three, we go to the business end of the tournament in with someone like Richie Arnold and Will Skelton who can't get through eighty minutes, you're fucking kidding yourself. It's absolutely bananas. I think it was a case of we're playing Georgia. I want minutes in Leota and I want to see Gleason because I haven't seen him. Mm. I know what Matt Phillip offers. Um, but the the bench was the bench for me was the real negative. Um, I think the As in both, didn't do enough. All three front rowers, I don't think are our proper bench front rowers. I think it's Ulysses, Slipper, and Pone <laughs> when they're fit. I think Frost, you have a second roller on the bench. Um, and then your back row is either Gleason or Leota, fair play. Um, and then I, I, you definitely don't have Facchetti or Vinavalo on your bench either. They cover one position each. But this is the um, only game that... Well, you can do that shit, right? Yeah. This in Portugal, where you can do that shit. Obviously, this, is, this was get... the game, and it sucks that it's early, but this is the game where you justify the ticket. Yeah, yeah. and for me, the, the bench was a diabolical clusterfuck it was an absolute disaster um and that's when the wheels came off Karevi only playing half a game tate playing less than half a game ending the last 20 minutes without a second row on the field um non-gore and shoot i don't think they're there at the international level against any of the real teams it was a disaster but fuck it it's georgia that's that's where you spread your wings let it be um, so it's just about minutes into players and rotating squads and strength and conditioning and all that nonsense. But I thought the bench was a schmozzle, and as a result, the lineout's hard to have a perspective on in the second half. Scrum, yeah, we covered it. Brilliant. It looks like it'll be good. I worry about our reserve scrum, but if it's Slipper and Pone, might hold up. Um, Mate, the, the scrums, the way they work at these international levels is we'll be killing it like we did this week. Fucking next week against Fiji, we can't get it together. And then we'll hold <laughs> it against Wales, and then we can't get it together against Argentina. It's just I think work. I think Bell and Tupo have just rarely been fit. I think when they're on the field and fit, they're pretty fucking good scrummages. They might have one bad one again, but they're, they're right up there. I'm not worried about that. And then kickoffs, Matt, I just, Georgia <laughs> was pretty useless at their accuracy at kickoff. They're number um, nine, mate. Fucking get back. What are you doing? So it's hard to read into it. They didn't put pressure on us there. I think uh, from the France-New Zealand game, you're right, Richard, kickoffs are certainly as or if not more important than scrum and line-out right now. But Georgia, 
there was no sample size to make a comment on, really. We were fine. Mm. Would anyone disagree? Nah, nah, but I guess you saw the Argentinian game against England with the whole kickoffs and going short and had the success that they had with that. Couldn't convert it into fucking anything. What a disappointment that was, but um, it's a set piece. It, it is. Yeah. It, it is. It's it's so important. I'd actually agree with your point that it's actually become more important in inverted commas uh, than, than, than scrum time. You know, the power to be able to show variety in your restarts as, a, as an attacking team. Uh, but There's also, a vulnerability that comes just after scoring points. Yeah, absolutely. And no one is um, no one is removed from it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, it's also being able to be sensible with it. And that whole classic cliche sport thing, you've got to switch on after you've scored. The simple thing of being able to get a guy up and actually receive it and, and just do the basics. And too many times teams struggle at those basic concepts because Maybe they're not focused on enough, but the kickoffs, both as tacking and kickoff receipts, is such a massive point. But moving forward for Australia, I think the big ticket items is is that is is how you're going to work with that. Also, there was a lot of tackles missed um, as well across uh, within the game. Um, but I think it'd be we can't part. Yeah, I'll put that down to you replace both centres. Yep. Um, and it'd be remiss of us to say we haven't mentioned how fucking good Jordi Pattaya was. Yeah, it was and, boys and, against men stuff in the first half. I don't know why he came off. It didn't look like that was a planned substitution, so I hope he's okay. But I think when you replace both centres, um, your defensive shape's inevitably going to fall apart. Oh, yeah, but I was going to move on to the positives, you know, in terms of number of rucks won, offloads, passes, metres gain, lots of positives to the game. So Australia needed to get a W on the board and they were always going to against, against Georgia, but I thought it was a good W. It wasn't just a, a scratchy W. Yeah, um, my, my reservation there is the bonus point, though. Mm, true. Like, it's, it's not a done deal against Wales and Fiji. Well, um, it's, and, and rolling over in the 80th minute to Georgia, bit think- shit. Yeah, I think this is um, this is a horrible thing to say, but I think the Fiji, the, the Fiji ten, whose name um, surpasses me at the moment, who carved England up, unfortunately did an ACL the other day. So, I think Fiji will be, and he played amazing. Um, so, I think that will be a huge loss to the Fiji in uh, team. So, I think that will that will help Australia, and I don't think, I think the bonus point will be as big of an issue as what you suggest it could be. Just to go back, I think they largely or any largely took all those players off and Pateau and whatnot because they got a game in three days. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and that's what I'm saying. Don't read it on the bench too much, but I think that's when, you know, we went from winning, we potentially could have won by 30 or 40 to winning by 20. Mm. Um, but I sound negative. I'm not negative. Yeah. I'm pumped, mate. The Wallabies won. I had my green to go on today. I was proud. We looked really good for that first 30 minutes, and then after that, there was still lots of really cool moments to get behind. Um, the only last thing I wanted to mention, you mentioned it, Jim, which is Ben Donaldson. Because um, he deserves raps, because everyone shat on him, us included, about being selected. Most points scored by a Wallaby since 2015 in a test match. Um, pretty awesome stuff. Good on him. And I remember going down and watching him in schoolboys, mate. He's got a lot of talent. I'm really excited to see him wearing green and gold. And, and not his fault he got picked. I still, I still calm down, everyone. It was Georgia. Like, I just feel like we need to take a deep breath. He's in there for his goal kicking. He kicked at 69% in the Super Rugby. He didn't make he a tackle. He kicked great against Jordan. That was great. He didn't make a tackle. He kicked at 69%. There wasn't a heap of pressure on him. Callaway looked fucking great against New Zealand and South Africa. 
he was probably the best Wallaby throughout that series, and he's been dropped. What's Carter's percentage over the internationals so far? Well, it's horrific. He's been absolutely terrible, and he terrible. didn't kick for the Rebels. But um, I don't know. It doesn't seem like a, I'm not convinced yet. One more good game by Ben Donaldson kicking over 90%, and maybe I'll shut up. Do you do it again? Um, do you run him against Fiji? What do you do? Go. Me personally, I still think Andrew Kelly is the better rugby player. It just depends how bad is Carter Gordon at kicking. I don't know. I've not seen him kick enough. I have pretty no bad. idea. If, if, if he's atrocious, maybe you do have to carry Donaldson. But that's nuts to me that you've got to a World Cup and you're carrying a bloke who's been dropped by the Tars who kicked at 69% for his goal kicking. But want to give him credit. He played brilliant. He kicked all his goals. I mm. wish him nothing but the success. He reminds me of the old Mike Harris selection. Um, oh, picking someone, Yeah, picking someone for their goal kicking. I'm not sold yet, and I think Andrew Calloway has been really hardly done by. Interesting um, little yarn that I picked up on some article within an article within an article. You know, Lemmy, I like to look at the footnotes and follow the links. You're um, researcher, Jim. Carter Gordon. Uh, when he used to kick before when he was playing club rugby, one of the things that was impacting his kicking was his vision. His hair used to always get in his eyes. And, um, you know, last minute from the run-in, when he was going, you know, off his mark to kick the ball, that's when it would hit him in the eye. So that's why he actually shaved the sides of his head back. Mm. And as he started having success, you know, young boys and other teammates started to model that exact hairstyle and hence the resurgence of the mullet. But he's got, it's gone, he's stripped it. Not the shortage. Well, he's not kicking anymore. He's not kicking, right? <laughs> yeah, he's gone back to the more traditional style yeah. hair. For the summer when forward. the comp's over, actually. Where, where are you two with 15? You're Eddie Jones, who's fullback in the big games. You got I just reckon he deserves a reselection based off that performance. And if you're going to give it to him, who, who do you think is more challenging, Fiji or. Well, Fiji's the next guy, but I think it, it, like we've talked about the, the fact is that you own the shirt. If you play well in that shirt, you own the shirt. But if what did Kellaway do wrong? No, no, no. I don't disagree with you. But the thing is, is I, I've always said I think Kellaway should play 15. He played okay against New Zealand. That's what he did wrong. Yeah. <laughs> he um, should have had a blinder against Georgia. But the, but, <laughs> exactly. But as, but as soon as you put Ben Donaldson in, you can't drop him. You can't. And, they play, and he'll play against Fiji and he'll do well against Fiji. And then it will be whoever it is after that, Portugal after that, you know, so Ben Donaldson in, is in for the long haul. Whether I'd, that's I'd, right I'd or pick wrong. off confidence at this stage of the comp. Yeah. Ride it. I just, I, I just feel so sorry for Andrew Kelly. Imagine scratching your head, just about our best back mm. against some of the toughest teams in the world. And then someone else gets picked because the goal <laughs> kick is shit, plays all right against Georgia and all of a sudden you cut. I mean, Kellaway's a lot of upside on the bench. He can cover yeah, 13, both wings and fullback. Um, so, you know, I could see him having a bench spot over Vernavalo. Um, anyway, that that's my wild card. But you're probably right, Richard. I probably agree with you. Got to stick with him now with the goal kicking. And I, and I wish him all the success in the world. I hope he keeps being um, incredibly successful. Hey, last bit of Wallaby news before we jump across to the other games really quickly. Um, did you guys see the news? Angus Crichton. Jumped over to Rugby Union. Um, apparently, it's a done deal. I don't know what Super Rugby Club, um, but I know he was in the Australian Schoolboys and Scots team with Jack Maddox back back in the day. Um, and I know he was a superstar Australian Schoolboy. I mean, State of Origin player, 
kangaroo rugby league player, absolute beast. I know he's had uh, some mental health troubles in the last year, so I think it's a good move for him jumping over rugby. I'm incredibly excited. I think it's um, fantastic news. Him and Siley both coming over from the Roosters. Competition for spots. I wonder if it'll be a a 12 in the Karevi mould, um, knowing that Karevi's not getting any younger and he's never coming back to Australia, um, or if it'll be a 6 or an 8, putting pressure on those players in those positions. Any thoughts? I know, I know some people are upset. You know, the female game's not being funded. Um, we don't have a third-tier competition. What are we ditching? What are we spending seven, eight 800000 a year on, on a rugby league player who will be 31 next World Cup? Um, that's been some of the the buzz about town. I'm excited. I don't do the books. I'd love to have everything. Thoughts? Look, I just think if you're going to get people to watch um, the female comp, you got to get people watching the male comp first. No one's watching that. Like no one's watching Super Rugby, let alone Super W. Um, I know it's been successful um, in the AFL and Rugby League, but I think it forms the back off a successful league comp. You know what I mean? That that desire and that want to watch more is there, particularly with those short, shortened versions of the comps they got there. So, I, look, I just I don't think it's a bad a bad signing. Um, how much has he retained? You know, is he going to be another one that comes across and he's just sort of got to relearn all those skills? He's a bit past it. He was a great rugby league player in his day, but um, he hasn't been the best in his in his position for some time. But fuck it, mate, start the trend of people coming across. Oh, I'm all for it. It gets me excited. Bums on seats. Richard, no, you're a big league fan. Um, look, I don't, I don't know enough about Angus Crichton to say that where he sits in the pecking order of great second rowers or whatever position he plays it in uh, for the Roosters, back row for the Roosters. Uh, my question is the transition from rugby league to, to union is, is easier when you play as a back. Um, and as such, I think he'll end up playing 12. I know he's played at, at, at Scots College, I've just read literally right now, with uh, um, as a kid growing up. But I think... Australian uh, schools too, man. Yeah, well, but... It's, but it's, uh, it's a serious pedigree. Fair enough. But just I think it's really hard to, to link into that six, seven or eight position. And I think uh, at the moment, the balance of the Australian back row is pretty decent at the moment. And there's a lot of, a lot of potential in there. So... To your point, I think it's easier for him to go into that 12 position, truck it up defensively, good tackler. He was um, a 12 in rugby. Yeah. Um, my concern would be, to Jim's point, it's a lot of money for uh, short term, you know, obviously 31 in the next Rugby World Cup, but it's all about media. It's all about getting people talking about it, even if it's with, even if it's. Is rugby. it leaked? It, yeah, we it- just, just looked at it now, and it, it's just, uh, even if it's just. Um, Oh, we're stealing another leaguey. It gives a damn. It's more people talking about rugby. So I can't it's such an odd to time to release it after they just got themselves out. The Roosters got themselves out of the yeah. elimination final. But I think he's I wonder, right now. I don't think. I wonder what Super Rugby Club he'll end up at. Well, if he's uh, a rooster, surely he'll end up at the Tars, no? Well, you'd think so. It's the same training ground. It'll be the same people. Swali's his teammate. Under the um, new centralised system? Yeah, that's what I think. Because you've got Fichetti at the Tars. Mm. Like, and then you've got Tupelotu. Behind him, she could have had a blinder against Georgia. Um, Forgetty, <laughs> he could have. Like I, I reckon, it's a long old backing order at the Tars at twelve, six, or eight. Mm. Um, whereas I reckon you move to another club. Anyway, look, I'm excited. I think it's it depends what Hooper wants, though. If Hooper wants him there, he'll he'll get the job. Apparently, that's how it runs over there at the Tars and the Wallabies. 
do you want to do a quick? Yeah. yeah. Do you want to just do a quick, a quick little roundup before we finish off with England? I thought it'd be remiss, you know, because. They obviously the round started France New Zealand on on Saturday morning at five fifteen. You know, obviously, and what a great spectacle it was. You know, we're not going to go into the nitty gritty of the. I will. Okay, if you if you want to. Gritty. But I thought, you know, it was a game ultimately that probably the 14-point differential at times, you know, New Zealand dropped off in, off in the second half and, and France continued to overpower. Catch the ball, man. Yeah, but uh, New Zealand showed some class at times. So, you know, if France play New Zealand again at other, uh, another point, do I think the result could be the same potentially? But would I be surprised if it flipped? No. So, uh, great game, a fantastic spectacle, clash of styles as well um, across it. And, and what a wonderful way, wonderful atmosphere in the Stade de France too. So, great way to start the tournament. It was, um, it was, it was a test match intentionally. It was World Cup intensity. It felt fucking awesome. It felt incredible. Um, France are a beast, man. They are something else. Dupont really is the best player in the world. And he didn't even play that. And he didn't even play that well. I thought it was reasonably quite well shackled, actually. Yeah, I thought he was shackled too. Um, but I just love watching the way France do shit, the way they don't chase kicks. And then Dupont, when you kick it and they're going to kick it back to you, he just starts charging offside because you're not allowed to advance once your guys kick the ball. But there's nothing saying you can't advance before it. And you watch him and you just start sprinting 20, 30 metres further offside, knowing he'll get ran onside. Yeah, because um, the thing is, is, as soon as the receiver carries no, five metres, yeah, no, it's smart, yeah. And it's just brilliant thinking they are so far gelled and above the fundamentals that they're doing cool, pushing the edges of the game everywhere. Um, and I read some stuff about the... Um, just some of the, the ages some of the players were playing together. Like three of the backs have been playing together since the under-10s. The front row have been together since the under-10s. And I know it sounds silly, but just the continuity, the mm. trust that you would have in the guys around you to be able to keep evolving the game. Man, France are a France are fucking, it's theirs to lose. Yeah, it's theirs to lose. In all seriousness, they are an absolute juggernaut. And Ramos at the back is goal-kicking. Fuck me. Um, sensational. My only gripe, I guess, and, and fair play to them, France got it, they pumped him, is just rugby's penalties, isn't it? What was the penalty count? 13-4? I mean, you get these two teams, whoever wins the penalty count is going to win the game. Well, it's territory. When you win, what gives you territory? Oh, penalties. Yeah, and then so you've got 13-4 penalty count, and then you've got France 60 kicks out of hand. The game goes for 80 minutes, mate. They're kicking the ball every single minute if you take the ball out of playtime. They're kicking the ball more often than every single minute that the ball is in play. Um, it's a pretty wild style. But it's nothing play. new. It's nothing no, new. No, it isn't. I'm just, my gripe is it's just, yeah, a bit of a shame that every World Cup, it's like every second World Cup we get back here. Where it just becomes, how well do you kick? We never leave. How well here. do you do the basics? How well do you kick your goals? Uh, we never leave here. They just shelve it for the World 
cup. I just, I just, I just, I just think it's funny. How many times on this podcast have you gone? Oh, I just wish we'd take the three. I just wish we'd, you know, put pressure on them more. We did a basic kick territory and squeeze. And then when, but now you don't want that to happen. But isn't that no, what I've, you want? If you've listened to the, all the tapes, Richard, I want us to win, and that's how you win rugby. I just wish it wasn't how you win rugby. Mm. You're gonna get oh, back, oh, Richard. Yeah, I know. I like phase play. I like set pieces. He says it every week. Every week. Um, Sorry, man. Phase play, winning. You got to go back. You got to do what I do. I do it every Sunday. I go back and listen. Do you know what those 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 footnotes, Jim? I'm sorry, I don't always pay attention to those. Come on, Richard. I just for me, it's just a shame that um, you know New Zealand won the line breaks. New Zealand had less missed tackles, but New Zealand got pumped. France, because... France get over the ball. <laughs> Mate, they France don't get over mistakes. the ball too. Yep. Every one to 15, they get over the ball. Who gets over the ball for Australia, man? Skelton, that's it. We're not talking about Australia. We're talking about France, New Zealand. And I'm just, it was awesome. France were impeccable. And I think they're going to be very, very hard to beat. I think South Africa is the only other team that can play that style at that level. Um, but then France also has just that ability to cut you up if you give them an inch which is how they're able to muster those 29 points, which is awesome. And it's awesome. I'm just saying it's a shame that all the evolutions of rugby, we're still here that kicking the ball once a minute and not just, missing a kick at goal is how you win rugby. Just for the and, and it makes me think about England. You just, look at England. Just, just for the record. Played, yeah, England played poorly. No, no, but England oh, oh, have oh, played oh, expansive oh. rugby for years and they've sucked. At this World Cup, Borthwick said, boys... Let's just play 10-man rugby again. And they look pretty good to me. No, I reckon that, oh, that might have been a result of the red card. Which was absolute nonsense, by the way. Um, but I, I just think that that 10-man rugby is going to be the story of this World Cup again. Um, and that, that was my one um, negative takeaway from that New Zealand-France game. Um, that, but it is what it is, mate. That's why Donaldson's fullback. Got to kick your goals. That's why we picked a monster pack. You got to win your set piece. You got to have wingers that can catch the high balls, can defuse box kicks. Um, you know, win win around those edges. But I don't know. That 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 was my neg nearly. I thought the first half was pretty sloppy. But are you worried if you're a Kiwi fan? Two weeks ago or three weeks ago, record loss. New Zealand's biggest loss ever in the history of New Zealand rugby. Yesterday. Their second biggest loss in the history of New Zealand rugby. The first ever loss of a pool game in World Cup rugby. How much trouble are New Zealand in? No thoughts? No? Are we frozen? What's happening? I didn't want to interrupt you again. That was all. Uh, Are we we talking about New Zealand now? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, So in terms of the the just last thing on the kicks, literally France kicked the ball five more times than New Zealand. So I don't think it was that big a difference between the two. But uh, New Zealand as a whole, no, they don't need to be worried about it. You know, there was some simple errors. Scott Barrett dropped the ball over the line. You know, there was those key moments every now and again. They, As I said, they look very threatening um, uh, within it. They won more rucks than what what the French did. There is so much potential. Yes, they've won. They've lost two games back to back. Uh, But it was... The first game, as Jim said, you know, last week in the podcast, in that opening game of a World Cup, all the arousal, the 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 pump, and I was and, the only one who picked him in. Yeah, this, you were yeah. absolutely right, and the, you were right, was, Jim. Everything was in their favour. So I think if we get to a semi-final, quarter-final, whatever, I, I still did a struggle to back against the Kiwis. Yes, there's areas to improve on. You know, their their back row. Do they jackal the ball? Do they get over the ball as well as other teams? No, they don't. 
Um, do they, but they've, they've come back to the pack. We've humanized New Zealand rather than being streets ahead than everywhere else. So, uh, too much as you're saying. That's my worry for New Zealand. Yeah, the group absolutely didn't, didn't scrummage very well at all. Um, but I think it's, it's, it, we'll have to see what happens. It's a game, it's a competition which could go either way. So, um, yeah, we'll see how we go. I've got, not got too many concerns for them, but well played France. They did play very well. Um, did the basics right. Pretty special too. Home World Cup, 85,000 fans, and then just getting the job done for the first time ever any country against the All Blacks. It's pretty cool. I'm, I'm, and I'm in for anyone who hasn't won it before, lifting the Web Ellis. Yep. I, I, look, I, I, I don't think there'd be many rugby fans who'd begrudge a French victory if their nation wasn't successful. They've mm. been the form side for the last four years. <clears throat> I feel the um, same way about Ireland. Yeah. What about, yeah. What about, what about Wales? Do you want oh, them fuck to win? Wales. Fuck, you need to... No. Um, They'll never be any good. Shifting over to England-Argentina, right? like I said, I think England just went back to England of old um, with Ford at 10, who should be the 10. Um, and they look better doing it. They, I just think they, how rattling for Argentina. How rattling would that be for just like nine points? The fuck? Yeah. Fuck what? What? Just, what? Yeah. It's, it boggles the mind that it happens at World Cups, drop goals, and everyone collectively forgets about them for four years <laughs> and they appear again. Yeah. Um, it always bothers them. I, I think that's England play like that. They're gonna, you know. I don't think they're as good as any of those top nations, but I think they can drag it down to that level. Um, like they're an old team, England. Hey, they're an old team, man. Yeah, they're the anti-Australia. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a dangerous style. Them playing footy like that. I think when Farrell comes back at twelve, afford Farrell access to Ungi trucking it up in the centres. If it ever gets that wide, I don't know why it would. Um, I think they could that they could be a menace. I think they showed some intent there that they haven't showed in a while. And sadly, I think your second team, Argentina, showed how inconsistent they always are. Yeah, it's disappointing. It really was. I thought that was going to be a great spectacle, and it did determine who would we face in the quarters. And you're looking at it after it is who would you rather face? I'd rather face Argentina. Absolutely. Like, if you look at the way they both teams play, I think England, um, given the evolution of our play, I think they're a kryptonite for another year or two, that style. Um, and I think we could beat Argentina. So I think it was a, a good result for the Wallabies, as funny as that is to say. Looks like they're struggling with the humidity. That ne- never left the 12 either. Never got any further out than that. Yeah, it, it, wasn't, a, it wasn't a pretty game of rugby, but that's World Cup rugby. That's World Cup rugby, and, and they did it right. And it's funny, I guess I expected more from France because of the top of the world, but when a team is building themselves back up, it's like fair play. Playing yeah, but when up. you think back to that French game, you think of all the fucking cool shit. acrobatics and stuff. You don't think of all the kicks. they got a funny yeah. way of, like, shaping your perception. Yeah, but they, they do kick the leather off it. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think um, it was an important win for England. Um, I think they would have could have capitulated without it. So exciting times for them. I thought that red card was absolute nonsense. And I was actually really pleased with every other game 
in this opening round, the refs seem to have collectively put the whistle away compared to four years ago. Remember last World Cup? It was yellow cards for palming people in the face, for running too high. Remember all that nonsense? Yeah. yeah, yeah. The refs are protect the players. And then this time, none of it, fucking fair play, and everyone's just enjoying the rugby. But the kickback on that was fairly obvious. Yeah. Yeah. No, they've responded, and I think it's better. Rich, you there? We lost you. No, I haven't. I, I'm, I'm here. I'm just listening to both of you. Um, look, I think England moving forward, ultimately it was what was needed in that situation. Um, obviously, it was the biggest win of, of Steve Borthwick's uh, tenure so far. It's not actually it's not been that many wins, so it's not that hard. Um, but the fact is that George Ford uh, needs to get a lot of praise because he stepped up, scored his 27 points, Managed the game really well. You're right in regards to, obviously, the drop goal being put away and then a World Cup because the level of importance, and particularly against the other primary target or your main target in a pool, it's all about being able to take away, come away with points. So, you know, if it was a game at Twickenham in, in October, they probably wouldn't have done that. But um, it was smart because they ended up, uh, obviously, keeping hold of the ball and stuff. I think they wouldn't have probably done it. They, they said in an article that they, they chatted about it before the game. I don't think they would have done it as much if, obviously, um, Tom Curry hadn't been set off. And I think a lot of, a lot of England, so England deserve a lot of credit because as much as the pressure went onto Argentina, rightly so, when you're 15 against 14, and I know they not long after went down to 14 each, but England have capitulated a lot recently showed a real lack of resilience and been very porous. I think we used that phraseology last podcast and um, they, they didn't show that. And that was partly down to Argentina's awful attack. Let's be honest, it was terrible. Um, but we need to give praise to players like Manu Tuolangi, who's yes, past his prime, but he played very well. Itoji played very well. Courtney Laws played very well. But to Jim's point, they're all old. They're, they're coming to... Can you want to see? Mate, that front row. You see the average age? 40. Yes. You can see that footage of a Toji walking off the field with his yeah, shirt shredded, off. Shredded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking hell. Mm. But the thing is about England moving forward, you know, you talk about the, um, the discipline and the referees putting the whistle away for the other rounds. It's just indicative of England maybe just trying a bit too hard or just having poor technique. But what's that? Three red cards out the last four or last five now? Mate, that was well, that is got no, nothing no, to do I with t- technique, that red card. No, I appreciate that, and I know there's there's always caveats to it. And I'm not disagreeing with it. It's just a head clash. He's got in a poor body position. I, I, I agree with what you're saying. But when you look at the statistically, you know, in terms no of British, three reds out of the last four games or whatever it is, three out of the last three, whatever it is, it's it's a it's a concern because England are ill-disciplined. That's, that's what I would say. But can't take away from it. You know, England are not the best team in the world. They're not, but they played a style for the first time in a while in regards to, they tried to play this recently, but they just didn't seem to have the heart. Uh, but it was, it, it was, it was much more realistic of an old school England game. And uh, Can I get a prediction from you, Richard? Hmm. When will the drop goal happen next in England for an English men? Are they going to do it next game? Or are they going to save it till they get real competition, a must win style, or do they shelve it? Talk to me about the drop goal from here. Uh, Look, England play Japan next uh, next Monday, so a week Monday. Droppies, Droppies are on. I think, it, are on I, I think if it's uh, if it's close, which uh, hopefully it's not, but if it's close, <laughs> then yes, then the droppy will be on definitely. Droppies but again, it, again, it was smart. Just the fact of being down to fourteen men, keep the scoreboard ticking over. It, 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 it was it was smart because they didn't have. And England's attack is so bad and it has been so bad for a while. Droppies are on, smart. boys. Smart, smart way to continue the points ticking off. What, 
Boys, I've, I've got to bounce in a second. I can hear it through my old crying in the next room. But what an incredible couple of days of rugby. And I cannot wait that overnight tonight is an absolute rip snorter on. By the time you're listening to this, it would have already been played. And then there's a really important game regarding our pool, uh, Australia, being played uh, tomorrow morning. Wales, um, Fiji. Yeah, Wales, Fiji. So really quickly, boys, South Africa, Scotland. Um, what do you think? Actually, I'm going to obviously, but l- l- I'm going to give you the line so you can't just um ten points. Is that what? South Africa's got ten, ten and a half. Yeah, that's the tubs. That's the tubs. Okay, good. Yeah. Just wanted to check. Yeah, no, you're right, mate. South Africa, ten and a half. Who are you back in South Africa or Scotland? Is it good as the Scottish team? Oh, fuck. I've been misreading this. I thought Australia were playing on Tuesday. No, 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 no. What am I talking about? They're going to game three weeks later. I've misread that. I retracted yes. that statement. Yeah. Um, I actually oh, think if it's... Anyway, sorry, yeah? If it's 10, I don't mm. actually think Scotland... If it's 10, I think South Africa will win, but I think it might be within seven. Like, I think Scotland are on good form at the moment. Um, so... Let's go. That was a big beast we saw the other day, though. South Africa is a machine. I, I tend to agree. I reckon South Africa are pretty good, though, aren't they? Yeah, and well, they're a team to sort of, you know, drop his on. They're that my sort power, of team. My power rankings, I think it's probably France 1 now. It kills me to not have New Zealand right up there, but it's South Africa 2, I think. I oh, see. I've got South Africa as one. I think that style yeah. beats that other style. And then oh, Ireland is Ireland three, right? Yeah, and then so New Zealand yeah. probably drop to four. But I, I reckon Ireland lose the droppies on battle. Well, yeah, Sexton looks a bit goofy. It's amazing right. how good he is, given he looks a bit goofy. It's incredible. If, if the he game hasn't played for a to, while, there's also game gets the droppies on. I don't know, man. Uh, Wales, Fiji, boys. I'll jump in there and say, I, as much as I picked what Fiji is my second team here, and I hope to high hell. That they do it and they beat England recently and Wales looked like shit recently. I just think at a World Cup, there's a style of rugby that wins and it's a style of rugby that Wales plays, not Fiji. Uh, and like you said, Richard, their, their 10 going home really hurts them. Um, I'm on Wales to win that, unfortunately. Fuck, I love Fiji victory there. I haven't watched Wales play in a very, very long time, so I don't really know how shit they are, but they're a droppies on team. Not to ham on about it, but fuck, aren't they? They'll just kick droppies all day. You Wales or Fiji, Jim? Wales. Rich? Yeah, Wales. Don't, don't, and we just want to finish. Well, uh, Chile, uh, Chile are also playing Japan tonight. First ever World Cup game. So congratulations to them as well. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that kicks Definitely off a result of the minutes. sevens. Definitely a result of the sevens program. Hmm. Um, cool. Is there more predictions or can I just do a quick bit? I don't know. Do you do your bit? Uh, just some feedback on the comp from me. More French shit, you know? You know, like J- Japan had, like, the taiko drums when they're storming out. Nah, a little more French shit at the start of the game, I reckon. And then well, uh, just darts. Cars coming out on darts. Uh, cut, cut the choir. Cut it. Cut that choir shit. I know, it's been, I know it's been said in the press already, but that choir stuff's weird, man. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking um, about? Yes. So what, you want a couple of mimes walking out there, punching a dart, having a sip of red. Fuck yeah, I do. Get a Rembrandt painting somewhere. Let's go. Something. It needs something, man. Cheese, wine, 
throw some fucking Mary Antoinette shit in there. I don't know. Just it needs something, man. There's not a lot there. <laughs> He's really arcing back there, Mary Antoinette. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. I could do a bit more French shit. I don't know where I am. I remember in Japan, you knew you're in Japan. All right, I'm gonna go, boys. Yeah, all right. All right. Okay. Yeah, cheers. Thanks for Thanks, thanks. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Cheers.